Namo Myoho Renge Kyo, Namo Myoho Renge Kyo, Namo Myoho Renge Kyo. Hello, friends. How are you? I hope you're in good health and secure. Uh, that's more and more valuable. The way our uh, era of Mapo, the latter day of the law, is going in the world today. So much violence, so much insanity, stupidity. Um, all the more reason to keep our practice strong and heartfelt, right? Be, uh, don't get lazy about it. It'll work, but um, with strong resolve, you get immediate results. So hopefully that's what this resource, the, uh, the podcast, the, the, uh, the website, books, mandala, all of it, helps to increase your confidence, your sense of knowing that your Buddha nature is manifesting. You'll see results of it over time. Uh, so I don't need to tell you. It's, it's a self-motivated experience, isn't it? And so we're continuing with, uh, well, preachers of the Dharma. I prefer the word teachers. These days, preaching has kind of a negative connotation to it. Um, if you're okay with it, that's fine. But really what we're doing is teaching, right? We're sharing the Dharma. We're sharing our experiences, as I am, of the Dharma. Or um, the information that supports our achievement of the Dharma, yes, the experience of Buddha. So here we go. At that time, the Buddha again declared to Medicine King, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, quote, the scriptural canons I teach are in the incalculable thousands of myriads of millions, whether already preached, now being uh, taught, or still to be taught. And we've heard Nietzsche quote, uh, this statement several times, right? Of all the teachings I've taught in the past and am now teaching and will teach in the future, right? That's yet, uh, um, uh, whether already uh, taught or being taught or still to be taught, yet among them, this scripture of the Dharma blossom is the hardest to believe and the hardest to understand. And what does he mean by hardest to believe? Uh, it's not, you know... Um, all of us are raised in cultures of beliefs. And belief, if you look at that word in the dictionary, generally means an accepted, um, unprovable thing or disprovable thing that's accepted amongst a group. And this is why I keep reminding you, Buddhism, although early Buddhisms and many sects adopt that format of religion, uh, true Buddhism, real Buddhism, isn't a religion. It's experiential. It's actual, right? We experience it. We know it. It isn't abstract in some weird, magical, mystical way. Um, although, you know, there's plenty of rhetoric to that effect because people for thousands of years have been raised with that kind of thinking. So, of course, the skillful means tend to adopt the language that's familiar. But ultimately, if you study and you understand Buddhism, you, you transcend that language, and you understand that it's an actual experience. It's something we are actually performing and achieving. It's not some, right? Okay, I know I say that all the time, and I apologize if I say it too much, but it, I think it bears repeating. 
So, Medicine King, this teaching is the treasure house of the Buddha's secret essentials. In other words, this is fundamental to retraining our brain, to thinking right, to get our mind right, to not be led by our desires and wants and running around like little children who can't be satiated, but to flip that around so that as adult minds, right, parent, teacher, sovereign, mind, three bodies of Buddha, how many ways can we say it, that the mind drives the life experience instead of all the stuff we collect. It's, it just so makes sense, doesn't it? Like the parable of the burning house, the kids, like us, are so engaged and enamored in their stuff, their wants, desires, play, that the parent has to trick them to get them out of danger and bring them to all of this in a way, the parable for me kind of falls a little bit short because it just gives them everything they want. Now, I suppose that's a compassionate thing as a parent, but as a parent, I also want them to learn a lesson. I want them to get that, you know, you shouldn't have come out of the fire just for more stuff. I mean, I'm glad that you did, but you need to start growing up. You need to start taking stock of what it is that you're blinded by and start seeing reality but you know that's me I'm kind of a strict parent all right it may not be distributed then given at random to men so here's that caution again this is a fundamental truth, the fundamental truth, not just for you and me, but for the entire cosmos. This is how everything is, is ising, is being, right? There's nothing static. Everything's moving. And the way that it's in motion is because of this process of the engine of life from quiescent energy through formation, form, dissolve, constantly reinstantiating, a rhythm, a pulse, an energy, a kinetics, a momentum. Everything is that. And we're just part of the cosmos. The cosmos is what we're made of. There can be no close relationship, right? So the illusion of self and other is truly an illusion. Because even if you break it down scientifically, chemically, biologically, to its smallest components, we share the same elements as asteroids, stars, supernovae, clouds. We're all the same stuff. We're assembled differently. The Nidana, right? 3,000 realms in a single thought moment. Why a thought moment? Because only a thought can be aware of this amazing process. 
without thought, there's no discussion here. Right? What the Buddhas, the world-honored ones, have kept has never since ancient times been explicitly stated. This teaching has many enemies even now because it's kind of confrontational, especially to religions. They don't like that this is so concrete. They like things being mushy, weird, because they can point people's noses in any direction they want. I've often said these holy books are books of governance. They're books of controlling populace. And many in the world love to be told what to do because they don't have to be responsible for their actions. It's really that simple. When the thus come one is present, how much more so after his passage into extinction, right? I'm here. I'm a fully realized Buddha. And people are trying to hurt me, kill me, remove me, insult me, berate me. How much worse will it be when I'm gone and there's nobody here to direct you? It's all on you anyway, right? But he was having a hard time convincing people of that, as we've seen in the first nine chapters of this sutra. O medicine king, who he's not talking to a specific individual, right? He's talking to that potential in all of us that can heal misunderstanding, that can lead people to great conviction in truth. So to that aspect, he says, be it known that after the extinction of the thus come one, those who can write, write it down, hold it, read and recite it, make offerings to it, or for others, teach it, the thus come one shall cover with garments. Your buddhaness will protect you. They shall also benefit from the protective mindfulness of Buddhas now in other, other quarters. In other words, this isn't about me. He's already breaking that wall again. He's done it before. The Buddhas in all directions are not copies of Shakyamuni. They're you and I. Because we already have that potential. It's built in. So by awakening it, we're calling it forth as a connective tissue of enlightenment, of truth, of awareness, of clarity. So of course it's protective, just by virtue of its connectivity, yeah? These persons shall have the power of great resolve, as well as the power of will and of good faculties. Be it known that these persons shall have dwelt together with the thus come one and shall have had their heads caressed by the hands of the thus come one. So it's just an, a poetic way of saying what I was just saying earlier, the connectivity. Hmm? O medicine king, wherever it may be 
taught or read or recited or written or whatever place a role of this teaching may occupy, right, in our Butsudan, in all those places, one is to erect a stupa of the seven jewels. Again, Nichiren. I mean, I say Nichiren, you know why. The stupa is our Butsudan. The stupa of the seven jewels, seven jewels, namo myoho It's so, I mean, it's no wonder Nichiren set about with great onus and respect, right? I'm sure if you see, there's a, there's a workshop on uh, Nichiren mandalas, and I've shown you the books before. They have a website as well, uh, and you can buy their books. Uh, I think they're on lulu.com, same place I have my bookstore. Uh, they've investigated, they have pictures of all the extant uh, mandalas. There's, I think, about 125 of them. And they locate them. They have pictures of some that are now uh, in private collections or incomplete. But you can see through their scholarship, the evolution of the mandala. It started out pretty simple. And he made them for specific individuals. But the more he taught, the more he understood. And, and I'm, I'm sure he not only read, he had his own copy of the Lotus Sutra with all kinds of markings in the margins, making notes to himself to in, in his discussions and debates and so forth, points he wanted to bring out. And he had to have read this and thought, I, this has to be part of my mission, that I need to embody this. And he, in fact, says so, that he embodies his own enlightenment as a bodhisattva, right, in Sumi Inc., in Sumi Inc. being the scroll, as the ultimate guide. He signed his name to it, not to say, here, this is what I have done, but to say, here, this is, this is the enlightenment I have reached through this teaching, and I'm sharing it with you. I am part of, and how many times Nietzsche tells us, I will see you at Eagle Peak, or I will see you at Vulture Peak. Because the mandala is an illustration through characters, through placeholders, through conceptual teachings, of Shakyamuni of the ceremony in the air, the ceremony in the sky, the ceremony, right? Because in the Lotus Sutra, as you'll see very soon, the whole assembly, all these 80,000 myriad, blah, 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 different, the fourfold assembly, hmm? it's going to be raised in the air. And so this scroll, this Mandala is a conceptual, textual picture of that assembly. And we join in when we use it to instantiate Shakyamuni and Taho Buddha. Our Buddha joins with Nichiren and the whole assembly. We join the Lotus Sutra assembly 
when we use this mandala, and it opens our Gohonzon mind to experience the Buddha eye. What an amazing thing. Hmm? All right. Let's go on. Let's come one, couple of They shall also benefit from the protective mindfulness of Buddhas now in other quarters. These persons shall have the power of great resolve as well as the power of will and of good faculties. Be it known that these persons shall have dwelt together with the thus come one and shall have their heads caressed by the hand of the thus come one. I repeat that so that you can visualize it. This is what happens when we chant at our Butsudan with Nichiren's mandala. O Medicine King, wherever it may be taught, read or recited or written, or whatever place the scroll or scripture uh, of this scripture may occupy, in all those places one is to erect a stupa, of the, a stupa of the seven jewels, building it high and wide and with impressive decoration. There is no need even to lodge Sarita in it. What is the reason? Within it, there is already a whole body of the thus come one, the three bodies in one, right? This stupa is to be showered with offerings, humbly venerated, held in solemn esteem, and praised with all manner of flowers, scents, necklaces, silk banners, and canapes, canopies, uh, music skillfully sung and played. If there are persons who can see this stupa, and dedicate themselves and make offerings to it, be it known that these persons are all close to Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. O Medicine King, there are many persons both in this household and gone forth from it who tread the Bodhisattva path. Be it known that if they cannot contrive to see and hear, read and recite, write and keep or make offerings to this scripture of the Dharma Blossom, to this Myoho Rengekyo. These persons have not yet well trodden the Bodhisattva path. So you see, again, there's this distinction of the Lotus Sutra Bodhisattva versus previous Bodhisattvas. Until they read, recite, hold, experience this stupa, this mandala. He's not talking about Nichiren, but conceptually what Nichiren has put together for us to make it blindingly simple for us to do as Shakyamuni is instructing here to these bodhisattvas. If you want to reach the next level of bodhisattva, you must read, recite this lotus, this myoho rengekyo, and propagate it. This is the bodhisattva that experiences Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, full perfect enlightenment, yeah? If there are any who do contrive to hear this scriptural canon, they alone can well tread the bodhisattva path. If there are living beings who, in quest of the Buddha path, see or hear this scripture of Myoho Rengekyo, and who, having heard it, believe and understand it, receive and keep it, be it known that these persons have contrived to approach Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. You're well on your way. 
you will attain it. Old Medicine King suppose, for example, there were a man hard-pressed by thirst and in need of water. Though on yon high plain he digs in his search, still he sees only dry earth and knows that the water is yet far off, that his efforts will be to no avail. Turning, he sees moist earth, then at length reaches mud. His mind is then assured, for he knows that water must be near. The Bodhisattva is also like this. If he is not heard, nor understood, nor been able to put into practice this scripture of the Dharma Plossum, this Myoho Rengekyo, be it known that this person is still far from Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. It's quite a condemnation of the third vehicle he's been teaching for so long, yeah? What is the reason for this? The reason is that the Anuttara Samyak Sambodai of all bodhisattvas, in every case, belongs to this teaching. This scripture opens the door of expedient devices. It shows the marks of reality. This treasure house of the scripture of the Dharma Blossom is profound, firm, obscure, and remote from the ordinary. It's a penetrating insight, yes? No man could arrive at it except that now the Buddha, in teaching, converting, and perfecting the bodhisattvas, reveals it for their sakes. So it's going to take some effort to get to full, perfect enlightenment. But here it is. This is the direct experience of it. No more rituals for ritual's sake. No more magical pleading to deities and others to imbue you, right? Buddha nest doesn't come from outside of our five-foot flesh and blood body. You know what I'm quoting there, right? Oh, Medicine King, if there is a Bodhisattva who, upon hearing this scripture of the Dharma Blossom, is alarmed or in doubt or in fear, be it known that this is a Bodhisattva who has but newly launched his thought. It's intimidating at first. It, it forces us to come to terms with being responsible for our own enlightenment. We can't pay for it. We can't plead for it. We can't hope for it. We have to do the work. If a voice hearer, upon hearing this scripture, is alarmed or in doubt or in fear, be it known that this is a person of overweening pride. I can't let anybody know I'm doing this. I'll look silly. People, people will think I'm stupid. Hmm? Oh, Medicine King, if a good man or good woman after the extinction of the thus come one wishes to teach this scripture of the Dharma Blossom to the fourfold assembly, men, women, laymen, lay laywomen, monks, nuns, how is he or she to teach it? 
This good man or good woman is to enter the room of the thus come one, don the cloak of the thus come one, sit on the throne of the thus come one, and only then teach this scripture broadly to the fourfold assembly. Which is exactly why I sit here before you, not in a tennis outfit or running togs or my, or my pajamas, right? I adopt the respectful clothing, appearance, altar, right? I don't want there to be any doubt. I'm not just talking through my butt. I'm talking from Buddhaness. This is my bodhisattva effort. Hmm? That's not to say that when you pe meet people at school or at work or, or on the bus uh, and they're curious that you can't talk about it at all, but it does suggest that in public, in other realms, we need to be respectful of this practice for ourselves, hold it in dignity, so that all we share from to one another in the public, unless you know we practice together all the time, but I mean, to introduce this to other people who may be curious or, or come into our environments, all we share with them is namo myorengekyo. Then, if they exhibit some willingness, some desire to learn more, then we invite them into a situation like our home or at some kind of a meeting with our friends who are all in the presence of a stupa of the seven jewels, yes? And we behave in the way of Buddhas, hmm? as bodhisattvas, Right? We don't have some barbecue in the backyard with hot dogs, hamburgers, and beer so we can talk about Buddhism. No, no, no. This is a dignified act, and it must always be presented that way. So this is Shakyamuni telling us this is the way a true bodhisattva behaves. So take note. Hmm? The room of the thus come one is the thought of great compassion toward all living beings. Attitude. You hear me say it all the time. Attitude and intent. Very important. And it's presented in the way we present. Hmm? The cloak of the thus come one is the thought of tender forbearance and the bearing of insult with equanimity. In other words, if somebody reproaches us for some reason, we don't react. We simply hear it and move on. Because what we're preaching, what we're teaching, what we're involving others in is a super dignified thing, precious, well beyond the little slings and arrows of somebody who's upset, in doubt, feeling confronted, right? Smile, chant, The throne of the thus come one is the emptiness of all dharmas. It is only by dwelling secure, securely among these that he or she can, with unabating thought, broadly teach this sutra, scripture of the Dharma blossom to the bodhisattvas and the fourfold assembly. O Medicine King, into other countries I will send conjured men as multitudes gathered to listen to Dharma. 
everything about this is attitude and intent, right? I will also send conjured bhikshus, bhikshunis, upasakas, upasikas, who shall listen to the teaching of the Dharma. These conjured persons shall hear the Dharma, receive it in, uh, in uh, conviction, and obey it without violation. If the preacher of the Dharma is an empty and idle place, at that time I will send large numbers of gods and dragons, ghosts and demons, gandharasvas and asuras to hear him teach the Dharma. In other words, if you're, if you're not finding curious people, if you're in an area, maybe you live in the middle of, a, uh, of Arizona or, or some low uh, population zone. Many of us do. This is a large planet. Or you live in a busy place where people just really don't, aren't intimate with one another. They don't just get into conversations everywhere or come over to your house to have a discussion about these kind of things. Whatever the situation, what Shakyamuni is saying is, this practice, as you hold it with dignity, will draw from your environment curiosity. When you're ready to hold it in dignity for yourself with such compassion and strength, the curiosity, those who need to hear these teachings, they will present themselves. Shakyamuni is taking responsibility for bringing them to you, but, right, this is, uh, again, a... a uh, you need to come up with a word, an encouragement, hmm? a visualization of the power of this practice. Uh, what I always talk about, or always, what I've many times brought up is that we radiate out our level of enlightenment, awakening. And it is attractive. It's an attractive force because it's innate in all sentient beings. How could they not be attracted? Hmm? Though I may be in another land, from time to time, I will enable the teacher of the Dharma to see my body. If he forgets or otherwise loses a single period of this teaching, I will simply tell it to him, thus enabling him to achieve perfection. Have confidence in your practice. Buddha is saying he's got your back, but Buddha isn't he. Right? It's our Buddhaness. So have confidence. That's what he's saying. At that time, the world honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed Gathas. And before I get into the Gathas, we will pause. And I will save that part for the next video. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for practicing. Use this resource. Support this resource. A, a couple of seconds to like and a couple more seconds to subscribe. It does nothing for me personally, but it costs nothing, takes a few seconds, and it's a bodhisattva act. Why? Because it, it teaches the algorithms of YouTube that there's something to watch here. And so the algorithms will present it to more people. And that's how we'll grow our sangha. It's important. 
And everything you do beyond that, whether it's donations on Patreon or, or PayPal or it's just buying an ebook, right, or a mandala or a print book, helps support this endeavor and keep this resource viable because it costs money to do this. But also, don't forget all the free stuff, the podcasts as well as these videos, right? Tons of information on threefoldlows.com. Please go over there and look at the course study materials page. I'm constantly, you know, it's an old website, so I'm constantly fixing little changes and typos and stuff. So it's, it's dynamic. It's constantly changing. But it's just HTML, so you don't have to worry about, you know, intrusions or anything. Anyway. All the links are in the description. You know the, the drill. In the meantime, uh, please do your best to be safe. Take care of your health. And above all, keep your practice strong, right? Remember that video I did on savor. Savor your practice, right? Slow down. Really imbibe it. Hmm? All right. I will leave you with that. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.